Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and we're a man down this week. Find out which man shortly. We've got all the games, we've got all the news, we've got even a little bit of something fun. Um, so yeah, it's all there. Just uh, just one man missing. While I've got you, before we get started, please do like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review if you get the chance. Uh, it means a lot to us, it's a big help to the podcast, um, so it'd be super awesome if you could do that. Anyway, let's get started. So here we go, this is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. There you go, Paul. She's singing your your tune. Thank you very much, Mr. Cook and Mrs. Zoo Lady. Um, never really thought about that before. Uh, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. It's your, uh, it's your weekly instalment of, uh, of football-based uh, chicanery. Um, the YouTube watchers may be sat there thinking, hang on a second, I'm only seeing three people on my screen here. What's happened to the fourth? Have, have they finally just lost their patience and, and you know, just... Beating him to death with a with a with an uninflated football. Um, have they taken the set of warm up goals to him? No, we haven't. He's just decided that he's he's unavailable this weekend. This weekend, not even a weekend. This particular week, so he's not able to join us. Sadly, um, so conspicuous by his absence is indeed Mr. Matthew Moore. He will be missed for this week, but we will soldier on without him. And we'll provide you with the cutting-edge content that we know you all come here for. Um, so without 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 wasting another second, Andrew, let's dive la- into last week's uh, results, if, if we have to. Well, uh, anybody want to get out in front of it now and predict Matt has won the week? Or should we leave that one as a surprise? Stu, you want to get that one predicted early? <laughs> I think it was a given that the second the message came through saying, I'm really sorry, lads, I, I don't think I'll be on the pod next week, Matt was always winning this week. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see if that comes true. Well, there uh, there we go. We're already, we've already teased this one in. Uh, but will Matthew Moore have a week like, I don't know, Middlesbrough, maybe. Luton Town went up against Nottingham Forest. Uh, he's not here. What do we do? Well, we could pick up the, uh, for want of a better phrase, slack. Um, so, yes, this was the early kickoff on Good Friday. This is the 12.30 offering. Live on Sky Sports. And... Unfortunately for our Nottingham Forest brethren, they weren't able to hang with the big boys that are Luton Town Football Club and they succumbed to a 1-0 defeat, despite Luton Town playing the last 15 to 20 minutes with only uh, with only 10 men. It was a penalty in the first half by Carl Naismith. 
That is indeed the case, unfortunately, not in Forest. No, no, no win. Um, I don't want to say that this sets us up for the week in any way, shape, or form, but nobody, apart from Paul, predicted Luton Town to win. Uh, that's right, Paul had Luton Town down to win, everyone else had Forest down to win. Unfortunately, Paul, you couldn't pull a goal scorer out of your bag of goal scorers. So, just the one point. But obviously, that's better than the rest of us did. So, um, speaking of better than the rest of us did, AFC Bournemouth versus Middlesbrough. Now then, I feel personally I've done myself a disservice because I was like, at some point in this season there's going to be a 5 0 so I should probably put it down for this game, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah? Um, Goal fest. Uh, uh, no! No, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone that far. <laughs> um, this, this was the Second live offering on Sky Sports, actually. Um, and I believe it was one of many. I think it was the option where you could what we could view under the red button. Um, and sadly, I think anyone who didn't take that option to view any other game under the red button was uh, a fool. As this game ended nil-nil. And um, from the bits that I saw as I was out on the lash with a, with a couple of friends um, it, it wasn't it wasn't the most compelling viewing I've ever seen uh, but yes nil nil so this is where it gets real interesting um, two people had Bournemouth down to win so uh, n no points there one person had Middlesbrough down to win, so no points there. But on a technicality, which I am going to put forward a vote for us to remove this technicality, one man managed to gain himself a point, because a nil-nil is still a draw. So if you predict a draw in the current regime, which I personally don't agree with, it's a point. So well done to you, Stu for predicting goals where there was no goals still getting points hang on a second the mentality oh. here the what's, mentality. what's what's wrong what's wrong with the predicting a draw and it being a draw so you get the point for a draw yeah. I mean, I'm fully behind that sentiment Paul entirely behind that sentiment <laughs> really I'll, I'll remind you of that shortly <laughs> so just a quick recap just a smidge of a recap. Nottingham Forest. They, they didn't win their game. Middlesbrough. Technically didn't win their game, but they also didn't lose, so it's okay. Hull City. That's where the real money is. The real money is in Hull City taking on another city. The city of Cardiff. Stu. Hull are not going to let us down here, are they? Well... A very, a very strange situation we find ourselves in uh, on this week's podcast, whereby the, in the first round of games, 
the two bigger boys didn't win, and the <laughs> consummate strugglers pulled off a 2-1 home win against Cardiff. And not only was it their first win uh, in, what was it, it was the, the seventh game in a row that they would have lost, they needed to win so that they didn't equal the club record, but it was also the points they needed to uh, pretty much ensure survival for the championship for next season. So, all all round, great day. We were at the game. Um, there was uh, two early goals for Hull. So, Syed Manesh on the 8th minute and Louis Coyle in the 11th. And then, because they can't keep a clean sheet and because they then tend to let absolute those people score against us, uh, Aidan Flint popped up with a, a, a goal in the 81st minute and he had been an absolute tool all game to that point. Um, two things to note. Ike Piazu, obviously we've spoken about before on the podcast, he was a former Middlesbrough player. We had, a, we had a little bit of a chat via the text between us, but Paul, Paul saying that he would have kept him maybe after what I saw on, on Friday. No. He didn't get his own way. He's a big unit who should actually be able to do a lot better than he did. But he effectively put all of his effort into throwing his toys out of the pram and got substituted at half-time as a result after taking an early booking as well. Um, and Keen Lewis Potter, hang your head in shame, young man, missed pretty much an open goal very early in the second half, which would have made it 3-0. Um, because of the whole hoodoo around not being able to win at home, the manager made a call before the game as well, and Hull played this home game in their away kit. And it actually worked. So, nobody will complain if you want to play in that kit more often at home, because everybody likes that kit anyway. It's, the, it's the, what's effectively become known as the blackout kit. Um, so hopefully, a few more points at home. And they've decided to keep that kit on as well, by the way. It is this season's away kit. Next season it will become the third strip, but I dare say if it carries on in the same vein, it'll probably get used. So, so yeah, all round good day on Friday for Hull. All round good day for other people as well. Paul, you predicted Hull City to win. Um, unfortunately, that's where your points end, as you were not able to secure a goal scorer. Stew. You managed to get the score. Unfortunately, you got it the wrong way around. Uh, and no goal scorers. Uh, so no points for you. Uh, obviously, I'll just skip Matt for one second because he's not here. That's the reason. Uh, I predicted Hull City to win, just not enough, and didn't get a goal scorer, so just a point for me. And obviously, Matt got the score bang on. So two points there. Anybody see where this is shaping up? And if you don't, going to give you a little rundown. It's a 2-1-2-1 situation. Paul, you are currently two points. Stu, one point. Matthew Moore, even though he's not here, we've got to give him a couple of goals. Two points. And me, joint second place, one point. But I know what you're thinking. Pretty sure there was another round of games. And you would be correct. 
Paul, out of interest, who is it that gave Middlesbrough the week off? Just, like, the whole week off. Because, uh, you know, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield Town... A Huddersfield Town a, a big, big, big team, aren't they? Well, they're in the top six, and they're currently better than Middlesbrough. I mean... There we go, then. That's not, that's not saying much, because... <laughs> Middlesbrough after this week after this pre this uh, this most recent game have now gone. <coughs> I need to uh, I need to I need to get the exact number of minutes, but just based on the last four games, they've now gone at three hundred and sixty minutes at least without scoring. So this was the fourth game in a row where they haven't found the back of the net, um, and due to Huddersfield's ability to find the back of the net twice. They succumbed to a 2-0 home defeat. A third home defeat in a row. Coming off the back of, I think it was nine wins in a row. You know what you need? You know what you need? Bang the away kit on. Ah! Let's do it. Works every time. (laughs) Seven percent Their their next game is against a team who play in white. And the away kit is... As we've uh, as we discovered earlier in the season, bogey green, so they might they they might get that opportunity, but they'll definitely play in red, and they'll almost definitely you know potentially lose. But <laughs> what can I say? The first goal was scored by Nabi Sar and was absolutely catastrophic from a Borough perspective. I mean, you just everyone knows that in the box, the best thing to do with a, a, a six foot six defender, how big he is. Just leave him free, yeah? Leave him completely unmarked. Don't let him... Don't put a man on him. Don't put anybody like marking him. In fact, just leave him alone and he won't know what to do with himself. As it turns out, he, he all, all he needed to do was wait for the uh, the little flick on from Jordan Rhodes and uh, he, uh, he he took he took his chance away quite, quite comfortably. The second goal... Uh, was scored by the aforementioned Jordan Rhodes, which was interesting as uh, Mr Rhodes used to play for Middlesbrough and played several games at the Riverside for Middlesbrough and never scored for Middlesbrough at the Riverside. Uh, So this was potentially the most nailed-on situation of uh, of the entire weekend. And I believe it flashed up that it was either his second or third Goal of the season. So yeah, um, not not great in the space of in the space of two weeks. Middlesbrough have gone from almost you'd say nailed on for the top six to now being very much on the outskirts, looking in, and uh, very much up against it to get into the top six in the playoffs. Now, um, yeah, not. Not a great, not a great two-week period. They do, for a little bit of uh, rose tinting. They do have a game in hand on on the teams that are above them, up to sixth. But they need to win at least, or they need a swing of three goals currently to to draw levels. So it's, it's not impossible. It's no, you're not. You're right. It's absolutely not impossible. They need to win all their remaining games, and to do that, they'll need to score which they've found difficult for the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. It'll all be a rich tapestry. It'll all be a rich tapestry. We'll see what'll happen. 
So, <clears throat> I know what you're thinking. How does that affect the scars? Well, two of us predicted Middlesbrough to win. Two of us predicted a 2-2 uh, a draw. One of us went Rhodes. He used to play for Middlesbrough, so what's he going to do? He's going to stick one in the back of the net. So, one point for Paul Williams. Millwall. Hull City. Yep. How was that? I obviously didn't go to this one, because uh, it was down in that there, London. And, you know, who wants to do that on a Easter Monday? So, unfortunately... They flip-flopped with the uh, with the form book, if you like, and took a loss away from home this time around. So the final score was Millwall 2, Hull 1. Um, I'd like... Well, I wouldn't like to, but on paper, the first goal was scored by Malone on 51 minutes. But what that actually means to say is it was scored as a result of the most horrendous and jammy deflection you'll ever see in your life. Essentially, one of the Hull players went to clear it and it just pinged straight off his feet straight into the back of the net. Like, you, you can't you can't legislate for that. Awful. But then, clearly, it kind of put him on a downer because four minutes later, Bradshaw scored to make it 2-0 at the time. And just to prove that Millwall are also a little bit shit, they let Tom Eve score in the 87th minute. Um, according to the, I had a look at the reports for the game and looking at the statistics, and from from what I read and from what I could see, it was a, it was one of them sort of classic examples of Hull actually dominated possession, but did absolutely Jeff all with it. So I'm hoping that the uh, groundsman down at Millwall has uh, got his paint out for the halfway line because it'll certainly have worn off this time. But um, yeah, just a shame, really. Obviously. Bit of good momentum from the win against Cardiff. Got the points that they needed to stay up and then decided to just go on holiday early. It seems Tom Eves is playing for his place in a League One side next year, so there's no surprise to see him uh, to pop up really. But but yeah, it's a little bit disappointing, but we're safe, so does it matter? So... Everybody apart from one person had uh, Hull City down to win and or dominate. The uh, the one person who didn't have Hull down to win went with a draw. Nobody picked a single one of the goal scorers. So no points all round. We are dominating it this week. Speaking of dominating, Nottingham Forest went up against the Women's Basketball Association, who uh, also trade as West Bromwich Albion. As he's not here, somebody else will have to pick up the slack by telling well, us what happened in Nottingham Forest, West Brom Albion. It, 
it's a shame he's not here because there's two big things this week, one of which we'll clearly come to later. But yeah, the, the scoreline in this game, a 4-0 home win against West Bromwich Albion. Um, there, West Brom had a, a man sent off on 17 minutes. I think it was a second offence. I think he'd been booked for a challenge and then the second yellow, which became the red, was uh, handball in the area. So you'll obviously then realise the first goal was a penalty for Brennan Johnson. Second goal on 23 minutes was Ryan Yates. Um, the, the world's greatest cross seemingly went in on in added time at half time so it was Jack Colback on 45 plus 2 and then because you know injury time goals are clearly a thing last night at the Forest Sam Surridge popped up in the 93rd minute to round out the, the 4-0 drubbing uh, but yeah I mean if you want if you wanted to bounce back to winning ways a 4-0 thumping of uh promotion contender will definitely do that for you. Does anybody remember last week where I was like sorry I'm going all in on this one 3-1 and I thought I was being crazy. Yeah apparently I wasn't being crazy enough. Neither was Paul because Paul also was like I'll have a slice of that 3-1. Uh, points for both of us. Stu you were you were nowhere near as optimistic with a 1-0 so points for you. Irony only person that didn't get any points for the score, Matthew Moore, a one-all draw. Uh, it's all right though, because he didn't get any goal scorers either. So, uh, so no points at all for <laughs> the Forest viewers, fan. Viewers and listeners of the podcast will be absolutely not surprised to discover that the one person not backing the form team of the division is the one who supports the form team of the division. Uh, what also came of it was all of the people who did get points also managed to get one goal scorer. Paul, you predicted Surridge. Stu, you and I went with Johnson. So twos across the board apart from Matt who got nothing. Now then, has he done enough to secure the not here Still wins the week. Let's find out. <clears throat> Second half of the week for Matt didn't go all that well because he didn't get any any points. So, unfortunately, Matt, uh, no points for the second half of the week. Uh, Stu and I tied with two points. Paul cinched it with three. Add those to the other half of the week. Uh, myself and Stu second, Matt third, with a, a two and, and, and two threes, but winning the week, Paul Williams, five points. Well, let's put it this way. It's about time something connected to Middlesbrough Football Club got a win. Yes. Your points per podcast minute is uh, definitely higher than the goals to minutes played ratio going on at the moment. <laughs> so, we've got news to cover, we've got predictions to cover, but before any of that, 
We're going to take a break and everybody should go and watch the uh, the Jack Colback goal and then when we come back we can talk about skill versus look versus... <laughs> we will be right back. Recording in progress. So we're back and we're back at it. Uh, where are we going next? Well... Let's again. Let's 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 keep the old listeners on their toes, shall we? Let's let's, let's spice it up a little more. Go into doing some news. So, not to give away the recording day of the podcast too much, but within the last five to ten minutes, uh, we've had our first promotion confirmed from the Championship to the Premier League. So, for dare I say. At least two of our three teams. We know at least one of the teams we won't be playing next season. Um, and that is Fulham. Um, the probably, as, as, I, as I said to Stu earlier, the worst kept secret in championship football since about the fourth game of the season. Uh, Fulham have been promoted, not as champions, but um, just as... Um, yet. Well, not as champions yet, of course, yet. But... Um, just as, uh, well, just promoted, I suppose, is just the phrase. Uh, but yeah, so they're currently on 42 games played, 86 points uh, eighty-six points in total, um, which puts them 16 points ahead of Nottingham Forest with 15 points left for Forest to play for. Uh, so they are officially uncatchable. Uh, so they've been promoted to the Premier League. So congratulations to Fulham, well done. They were aided along the way by uh, Alexander Mitrovic and uh, just his 40 league goals that he's got so far this season. So obviously they have four games remaining and he, he can probably score at least another five. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's outrageous. I, you'd imagine that at this point his aim will be to get enough so that he's basically scored a goal a game as per the season. I, don't, I, I imagine he's, I, I imagine he might not have even played all 42 games, so it could be a, it could be a situation where he's already scored a goal a game so far. Just, just to make it a little more difficult for him though, their final three games are Bournemouth, Forest and Luton. So not exactly teams that are hanging around the bottom half. So it's, it's strange that even though they're promoted, they can still have a massive say in both the automatic promotion race and the playoffs. So, I mean, it would be, it would be awesome if, like, for the Bournemouth game, if they were like, yeah, we don't want to play you next season. So they're just absolute. Well, they do what they've been doing in the best part of the season. On the weeks where they want to try, they absolutely smash teams to bits. It's like if you've ever played FIFA and you've been playing it on easy mode and it comes up with that thing that says, looks like you've mastered it on this difficulty. Do you want to knock it up a notch? And they just go, nah, let's not bother. Let's just carry on. And then they have, I mean, they've had their off weeks as well. Don't get me wrong. But by the fact that they're the first team promoted, they clearly have had less off weeks than anybody else. The thing, um, but obviously, for every promotion, there is equally a relegation. So, in a similar vein to the team that um, we won't be playing 
next season in the championship from a positive perspective there was at least at least one team who we will not be playing from a negative perspective and again the main reason why Matt will be devastated he's missed this week is that Derby County were finally relegated what a shame such a terrible thing to happen to such a nice set of fans thoughts I will I will stick up for one of those fans because my, my friend uh, Chris Martin he uh, he will be gutted however he's also on his honeymoon in the Maldives at the moment so you know every cloud um, <laughs> so yeah congratulations to Chris for that but not for the football side of things do um, you say every cloud? There's absolutely no chance of clouds in the Maldives, mate. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, man, it's been the, the Derby thing, though. Even if it hasn't been coming, by the shenanigans that they've pulled, it's been deserved for a very long time. Um, it's, you know, how, how can... If they had a stayed up, by the skin of their teeth for what would have been the second season in a row as well, like based on what they've what they've done with the whole fair play stuff, it's not exactly a good advert, is it, to stop it happening in the future? It's not like the deterrent that kind of the football league set out. I can understand certainly from Chris's perspective how they could feel a bit like they've been made an example of, but the point is they've put themselves in that position. Well, or one, you know, necessarily one or two particular people within the running of the club have put them in that position. So to feel sorry for them by being made an example of, well, everybody else has stuck to the rules. So that's definitely the thing, and it's it's that obviously the the the, the people that suffer the most in, the, in any situation is always the fans, etc., etc. Well, but, yeah, because I know like. They've been so close to going under with all this protracted. Are they getting taken over? Are they not? There's been points where like people have been buying stuff from the club, like you know, merch and stuff, just to, just to help tide them over. Like, yeah. The, when a guy like Mike Ashley or you know whoever else has been linked with taking them over is coming in, why should the fans be like doing that at this point when they could just crack on with it? Because as soon as they had three or four people interested in buying it, I don't think, as much as some people would have liked it, I don't think there was ever going to come a point where they were going to go out of business. If you've got that much interest, it's generally going to happen. But to drag it out for as long as they have, and like Paul just said, it's the fans that, that suffer off the back of it. Yeah. So, Darby gone. Probably soon to be followed by Barnsley as they kind of need a miracle at this point to stay up. They've got four games left. They're 11 points behind the closest team they can catch. So they basically need to win all their games and hope that Redden get absolutely tonked in their last three. Um, I don't know who either team are playing respectively. Let's have a quick look. Well, I do. Know who Redden are playing next. I know who Redden are playing next. Oh, let's, let's just hope that team don't have their away kit on, shall we say? I see. 
Um, so, yeah, by this t- by this time next week on the podcast, we, we might potentially even have another another one, possibly even both. Let's have a look. He might want um, some food. Yeah, so we could by the by this time next week, the, the relegation places could all be sewn up. Um, if people lose and Reading win. We've, we've, we've skipped over the way that it played out actually for Derby in the sense of they lost 1-0 to QPR in like a, a, like a re- by a really, really late goal. But also as well, Reading fought back to a 4-all draw with Swansea and scored the equaliser in the 95th minute, which was the goal that sent them down. I mean, that is like, it, that's that makes it feel even more harsh, doesn't it, for if you're a Derby fan? It was it, it was slightly odd, yet almost sort of fitting in a way that a, a sort of a strange set of circumstances was what ended up actually finally relegating Derby. It was just yeah, it was it's almost almost not poetic justice, so to speak, but it was it was yeah, it was strange. Um, but that's football that's football for you um, outside of promotions and relegations this this particular week um, we had uh, a situation in the Premier League where Burnley got rid of their manager Sean Dyche who'd been in charge for nearly 10 years um, he was at the time the longest serving Premier League manager um, so that honour now goes to Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Um, the the reason I bring it up um, is because the favourite or one of the top names for the job, um, worryingly from a Middlesbrough perspective, is uh, Chris Wilder. And he's now done two press conferences, both sort of before and after games, since the news broke that Burnley have changed, have, have sacked Sean Dyche. And he has not exactly distanced himself from the job, shall we say. So he hasn't he hasn't come out and said that he's not interested, but he hasn't come out and said that he is interested. So make of that what you will. Um I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Middlesbrough fans that are not not too thrilled. Let's put it that way with the the, the situation that's gone on. It's a difficult one, that though, isn't it? Because like from his perspective, is is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But also, like you say, he's also managing a side that haven't scored in what three games that you said. So I mean, Burnley seems to be the perfect fit for that, surely. <laughs> yeah, he's. My my main issue that I take with it is the fact that I, I don't I don't blame anyone for supporting their team far but far from it you know obviously support your team that's your team etc etc don't be so blinkered that your team is the be all and end all when it comes to sort of football and also. There's very little loyalty in football these days and things like that. So, when uh, case in point, I was listening to the the, the post match 
on the local radio station after the Middlesbrough Huddersfield game, and they obviously have the, fo- the fans can phone in and things like that. Um, one or two of the fans called in and said, "Oh, I don't understand why Wilder would ever be interested in going to Burnley. Borough are a much bigger club than Burnley, you know, blah blah blah, this and that, this and that." And whilst everyone's always going to think their club's a bigger club than so and so, so and so. In this regard, I don't think if you take the last 10 years as an isolated period that anyone would ever debate that Burnley's a bigger club than... No, sorry, Middlesbrough's a bigger club than Burnley. If you look at the the time spent in the top division, you've got Middlesbrough with one season compared to Burnley with at least seven or eight in that time frame. The money, arguably Burnley have got more money. Um, If they do still get relegated... They'll be amongst the, the top two favourites to come straight back up. Um, Wilder will have more money to spend. He might even have free, free reign to change the club sort of from top to bottom, implement a new style, implement new things across the board, change the way the, the academy set up and things like that. You don't know what if he's if he's had talks or if he's had like little things indicated to him what he might be able to do. So I think people need to take a little step back and just realise that their club isn't like you know where the world starts and ends when it comes to football um, obviously I'd like it I'd like to think that he, he's, he's got enough assurances that he would be happy to stay at Middlesbrough but you can understand why he may be tempted to you know jump to a club that's got more money to spend potentially as you know, a bigger upside, etc., etc. But that's 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 all I had to bring to the table from a news perspective, anyway. So. Stu, any news from your end? No, we're, uh, we're we're all out. I think it was the really the derby relegation thing that I had down, and um, I mean I can't report on the. Uh, holidays to Turkey as yet because you know obviously I've not been invited yet so I was just going to say has he announced any more you know seats on the plane or anything like that or has he charged the second plane no I mean who who knows what that man will come out with next but if he wants to pay for me to go on holiday then uh, I'll, I'll be happy wonderful stuff so, are we are we predicting more football? We certainly are, Mr. Cook. Amazing. Um, I have been in contact with Mr. Matthew Moore. He has, in fact, given me predictions. It, it, it can be heard coming through right here and now. Uh, it's definitely not anything else. That, um, in fact, that, that could be. That could be Matt, if heard simultaneously round the world at his disappointment that he was unable to bask in the glory of Derby's relegation live. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I couldn't help myself. You, you mean to say that you definitely don't think that he's going to mention it at least twice on every podcast until the end of the season? <laughs> let's, well, let's put it this way. If, if Forrest go up, he may... He may, he may choose to not do the podcast for next season if Borough and Hull... Well, Hull will definitely be in the Championship. But if uh, but if Borough don't go up, 
uh, Forest do, you can bet your bottom dollar that the uh, two-division gap will be a source of much delight for Matthew for at least a season. Wow. Well, uh, the way that I will be operating this system is along the lines of as he's not here, he will probably be the first or last prediction. Obviously, for Nottingham Forest, he will be the last prediction, even though he's not here. And I will intersperse his predictions throughout. Obviously, I will do the same with my predictions. So, Stu, Paul, you'll probably be picking up the, uh, the predicting slack. Live predicting because the rest of the predictions are already in the book. The first game is Hull City versus Reading. Um, Stu, you will go last. Um, shall I shall I throw throw him out there to start with? Get get us off to a, a nice start by saying Matthew has predicted a heavy. Hull City win. 3-1. Goals being scored by uh, Syed Manesh, is it? Yep. Honeyman and Longman. Scoring the one goal for Reading is Swift. Paul, do you want to give me your prediction and then I'll tell you what I've predicted? I, I will go for a... This is all, obviously, dependent on them wearing the away kit. But I will go for a slender 1-0 home win. And I feel almost robbed in that I didn't get any points for Syed Manesh. I just had him in the wrong game. So I'll go for Syed Manesh in this game. Lovely stuff. I've gone with uh, same score as you, Paul. One 0 to Hull. Uh, KLP to get back in, back is back, back with the form. Uh, so that just leaves you, Stu. Well, I have gone for a one-all draw. I was very close to putting a nil-nil. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that that Reading are still in the mix for relegation, I would have had it down as a nil-nil, but. Um, I've gone for KLP, seeing as he missed that sitter at the home game last time to get on the score sheet. And for Reading, I have gone for Danny Drinkwater. Louis Duff, um, he, he is not here and he will pick last. With Peterborough United going up against Nottingham Forest. What I will do is I will go first on this one. Um, I've gone with a Nottingham Forest win with a 2-1. Uh, I want to get out in front of it before the rumours start. I did put my prediction in the book before I received Matt's prediction here. I have Clark Harris scoring for Peterborough. Uh, and Johnson Zinkenagel double header for Forest. Stu. 
again, seeing as Peterborough are the ones that are down there scrapping, I have I've gone for another one-all draw. And I've gone for Davies for Forest. And purely for comedic purposes, I have gone for somebody who I assume is pronounced as Smodix for uh, Peterborough. Yeah, good luck spelling that one correctly, Andrew. It's got a Z in it. Uh, that's all. That's all you need to know. Lovely stuff, Paul. Uh, I'll go for a nil two. I'll go for Davis and Johnson. Lovely stuff. What I've got here is a 1-3 from Matthew Moore. Like I said, Clark Harris popped up again. Uh, Graban, got to get those 60 in somewhere. Johnson and Surridge scoring for Forest. Swansea City are taking on Middlesbrough. And uh, Matt thinks... It's uh, Stu, Stu's favourite prediction, a one-all draw. Um, Piero, Piero, and uh, we've got Balogun scoring for the Borough. Um, I think Borough—they're just gonna just gonna get the the one goal to win at one nil, and it's gonna be Watmore. Scoring the goal there. Stew. Me and Matt have almost, almost done it again. And as you mentioned, it's my favourite scoreline. For the first set, well, the first three games, I have a one-all scoreline in each of the three games. So if that comes off, uh, we definitely need to put some money on three draws because that will uh, be, be tidy. But I have gone for, also for Balogun, for Borough. And I've gone for uh, Patterson for Swansea. Lovely stuff. Paul, hit me with it. So what's in the book so far? Two one-all draws and a Middlesbrough 1-0 win. Yeah, why don't we why don't we make it three one-all draws, please? <laughs> I was convinced then you were going to go, yeah, put me down for a Swansea win. <laughs> uh, well, part, part of me thinks that it might be. We never do very well there. Um, I will go for Oberfemi to score for Swansea. And... Not oh, this could be anybody. Literally, like the last the last four games... That no one's looked like scoring, surprisingly, which is why they've not scored. Um, I'll go for McGree. Interesting. But wait, there's more. Um, just a, just another couple of games. Uh, apparently, Hull are taking the rest of the week off, and why not? We're still paying the price for not being asked to play in the FA Cup, is what this is. There you go, you see. Um, as we may have alluded to already, the mighty Fulham 
are taking on their nearest rival, Nottingham Forest. Matt will give you his prediction through me, channeled through me, last. Mm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in there first. Let's face it, it's, uh, it's, Forest, it's Forest's game to win. So it's a 2-1 win for Forest. Uh, Mitrovic will be scoring the one for Fulham. And it's uh, it's my boys, it's Johnson, it's Zinknagel scoring two for Forest. Stew. I have gone for a 1-0 Fulham. He's not in the room, so he's not having a goal. Fair. Um, and I've gone for Decordova Reed. Paul. I will go 2-0 Fulham. Our boy Mitro to get one of them. And I'm just going to double check and see if he played tonight. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Blah, 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 blah. Tom Kenny. Tough tackling. The boy. Matt, Matt's put you all to shame. He reckons Fulham are winning this one 3 1. Mitrovic to get two. Wilson and uh, everyone's favourite Middlesbrough player, Spence, to score for Forrest. We. Speaking of Middlesbrough, they are taking on Cardiff City. Paul, as we know, you will go last. Um. Sorry, I'm going. I'm going first. I reckon Middlesbrough are going to bring the heat in this game, and they're going two nil. Tavernier for Stu and Balogun for me. Uh, I tell you what. Why don't we get all the all the book predictions out of the way? Similar scoreline for Matt two one, with Crooks and Watmore scoring for the Borough. Flint scoring for Cardiff. Stew? Nice and easy for the book, this one, Mr. Cook, because I have gone for a nil-nil draw. Interesting. There we go. Nobody to predict there. So, Paul, you're up. Uh, they need wins to sort of try and get back onto the playoff track, so I'll go for a slender 1-0 win. Nick Piatu can't play, so he's not going to be, like you know, trying to trying to kill any of his fellow defenders or anything like that. Um, I will go for Balogun to get the only goal. Seriously, when we saw him play on Friday, there was a point where I had, I'd completely forgotten that's where he was now. And I was like, what's that skyscraper running down the field? <laughs> Seriously, like, until you've seen him in the flesh. I'm not sure I understand. No, I'm not sure I understand either how big he was. You can't comprehend just how much of an absolute beast he is. He's absolutely huge. He is. But then, like I say, he didn't get his own way, so he just spat dummy out. Predictions are done. The book is closed. That can only mean that it's the any other business. And I believe we've got some some 
any other business that's I don't know, kind of quite dear to my heart. Stu, would you like to uh, fire off the any other business? This, this really. As soon as I saw this, I was like, "This is the thing to finish on this week," because this really tickled me when I read it. So uh, we have mentioned on the pod before, and obviously it might be wider known that the football club of Wrexham is now owned by Hollywood A-listers Ryan Reynolds and Rob. McKellady? McElhenney. McElhenney. Okay. <laughs> um, and the, the article from Goal.com reads as Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have left their mark on Wrexham ever since taking ownership of the National League side. Now the latter has a dedication at the racecourse ground, albeit one he may have rather avoided. So... It was Rob's birthday. What could Ryan Reynolds possibly buy the man who could, you know, possibly have everything? So, in honour of his birthday, Ryan Reynolds has dedicated a urinal at the racecourse ground to his business partner. And not only that, but also has had an etching of his face placed above said urinal so anybody that uses that will be able to look him square in the eye whilst uh, doing their business <laughs> incredible that is very much to me only something that ryan reynolds can get away with as well the, i i am i i'm very much enjoying the uh, the ryan reynolds uh, rob McElhenney uh, ownership uh, there's there's quite a lot of uh, social media stuff that they do. Uh, each week they do like a rundown of the game, uh, where they both take it in turns to sort of do like updates and stuff. Uh, and a recent one was um, they were doing the updates, and uh, they were showing like little clips. And uh, Rob was like, "Oh, uh, Ryan, um, you you wouldn't go to the game without me, though, would you? You you." You'd take me with you, wouldn't you? He's like, yep, I would never go to a game without you. Don't you worry. At which point it cuts to a clip of Ryan Reynolds at that week's game. Uh, I believe this was the same week where the fans decided to chant there is only one Ryan Reynolds. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just in, I'm enjoying the uh, the constant uh, the bands. But uh, by, all, by all accounts, Wrexham are doing very well since they've taken over. Have they, have they not lost a game? I don't think it's quite that good, but the second in the division, so there is uh, if, if anybody's interested, if they head on over to Ryan Reynolds' Twitter, there is also the video of the full unveiling of the brand new plaque at the, at the urinal with the uh, what was described as a um, a, a faux somber speech, but he does cut a tiny ribbon. So uh, enjoy that one if you do. If you do get over to watch it, it's a delight. So there we go. That is the football podcast in a nutshell. Uh, Matt, you are you are missed, but we we kept your seat warm and hopefully did you proud by uh, doing the best we could in your absence. Join us next week where, who knows, maybe Matt will be back. Um, but it's my job to thank you gentlemen for taking me and these lovely people through the sometimes murky waters of the football world. And that's that. Join us next week for 
the review of the, the predictions we've made this week, more predictions as we make our steady slide to the end of the season. There we go. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and we will catch you all next week. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. What can I say? What I can say is, while I've got you, please do consider subscribing, like, share, comment, leave a review. Uh, did I miss anything? It's a real help to the podcast, and we'll really appreciate it. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button, and you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.